And dearest Heavenly Father, as we worship you this morning, as we come alongside the little ones, I pray that you will bless us, that not only will you join us this morning, but I pray that you will show your face in a mighty way. In your name, amen. This time of year, we often look back over the last year and we think about how it has gone. As I look back at 2016, as I look at the changes that have happened in my life, I realize everything has changed. I mean, absolutely everything. No facet, no corner, no nook or cranny of my life remains the same as it did in 2015 because of Emmett. Children change everything. I mean, I am no longer in control of my own life. No, there is a small little guy in our house who has not yet learned to speak very many words, who already knows how to boss me around. And he does it well. But as I look back at this last year, as I look at the changes that have happened in his life, my goodness, I remember as the year started, we were waiting for him to have the strength to lift his own head, which is not a simple feat. That boy has an enormous head. Um, We already have to buy him adult-sized hats. I wish that I was joking. But... As soon as he lifted his head, then, then we were waiting for him to roll over. And I remember Brianna and I, we placed him on our guest bed. And I remember, like, this might surprise you, but I set up a camera and a tripod. We were going to watch him roll over. He had done it once. We knew that he could. And so we placed everything there. We watched him, ready for him to roll over. And he struggled and he struggled until he gave up. But it wasn't long before he could roll over. And once he could roll over, well, we could no longer keep up with him because that boy would roll through our whole house. He would roll down the hallway. He would roll wherever he wanted to roll. We are thankful we live in a one-story house because that boy rolled everywhere. And after he learned to roll, then we were waiting for him to sit up, and he sat up. And then he started crawling in his own unique way. But again, he took off. And then he started pulling himself up on things. And once he was pulling himself up, and then he'd let go. And he'd stand. And then a couple steps. And now, it's over. It's over. There, there is no place that that boy doesn't just take off running to. But as I've watched him grow this last year, there has been not a single point where I have said, oh man, I wish that were me. Well, that's not entirely true. There have been a couple afternoon naps where I said, oh, I wish that were me. But at no point did I think, oh man, wouldn't it be wonderful to not have the strength to lift my own head? Oh, that would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just be trapped in bed and not be able to roll over. No. Never have I thought, oh man, I wish, I wish to be a baby again and not be able to articulate my thoughts. I wish that I were a baby so I couldn't speak. No. None of us would wish this upon ourselves. 
And yet, the God of the universe, the God of the universe looked down at humanity and chose to become a baby. An all-powerful God swaddled. A God who speaks things into existence because his words are so powerful that they create the thing they describe. Babbling. That same God having to learn how to speak. As I watch Emmett walk, it's terrifying. It's terrifying because that boy will take two steps and then just face plant, probably because of the size of his head. But it's terrifying because we live in a house that's all wood floors. And so as, as you watch him, it's continually like, the most terrifying thing you've ever seen, just like him lunging from one thing to the next. But God the Father chose to allow his son to become a baby. He must have watched from heaven. The angels watched as Jesus took his first steps. With anticipation, with terror, they must have watched The master, the creator, the almighty God of the universe as a baby. When we say he gave up everything to save us, I mean everything. He gave up absolutely everything for us. So as we sing Away in the Manger this morning, I want us to think about this with new ears, with new eyes, as we think about what God gave up for us. There's nothing new under the sun. If you believe that social networking is something that has come about in the last few years, you've never met a mother. Because from the point there were two mothers, they were connecting, talking about what they were doing. This is what mothers do. I mean, wait, you're doing what with your kids? Oh, does it work? I'm going to try that. This, this is what mothers do. I, I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and Brianna's next to me in bed on her phone reading on Facebook things other mothers are doing for their kids. This it's what mothers do. And so I would imagine what happened that day long ago is a mother all of a sudden thought to herself, you know what? People take their babies to teachers all the time. I'm going to take mine to Jesus. So she bundles her little baby up. She's, she's heading that way. Another mother is there and says, hey, where are you going? Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to go too. And all of a sudden there are two mothers, then four, then six, then eight. And all of a sudden, there's a horde all headed to Jesus, some of them with small babies, some of them larger babies, and some of them, they're dragging their children. But all of them heading to Jesus, and all of them excited because this is a good idea, this is something 
wonderful. And then, then they reach the disciples. And the disciples see them coming and they think, oh, this is going to slow things down. We don't have time for all of this. We're, we're doing an important work here. And so as the mothers approach, the disciples inform them this is not what Jesus does. I imagine the despair, the way they must have felt the rejection of being told this. But you see, this wasn't something unique to the disciples. We do this. We do this with our children. We do this on a regular basis. Oh, their children, they, they don't understand. Oh, they don't count. They're not paying tithe. Oh, over and over and over again. We act as though children are somehow less valuable, that they have less to contribute. And so we do things like put them at a children's table when we have meals. I remember once my parents decided it would be a good idea to put all of us children at a special table together. And so they did, and we all really liked each other, and so we decided we liked each other so much we were all going to sit on the same side of this picnic table. That didn't end well. But we don't only do this with children. We do it with anyone we deem less valuable, whether it's because of their race, their financial standing, their gender. Over and over and over again, we determine who is of value, who can contribute and who can't, and we draw lines, placing them on the other side, placing them on the outside. And so over and over again, we do this where we say, oh, we don't have time for that. We've got an important work to do. But Jesus sees this happening, and he doesn't tell the disciples, oh, no, 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 bring the children to me. No, he says, get out of the way. The children want to come. Don't stop them. Just get out of the way. And this is the thing about children. Children want to be with Jesus. Children want to praise Jesus. We just have to get out of the way. Emmett loves having books read to him. I cannot tell you how much reading I have done just in this last week to that boy. But one of the things he loves reading the most is his Sabbath school quarterly. He loves that thing. I can't, I, I think it was three times it was read to him before first service this morning. Not just a page, but the entire quarterly read to him. He loves it. Which of us adults did that? But yet, we draw these lines. We draw these lines over and over again saying, no, no, 
They don't have something to contribute. They're less valuable. And Jesus over and over again says, no, get out of the way. Jesus with the Samaritan woman. Jesus with Zacchaeus. Jesus with blind Bartimaeus over and over again. Those who were deemed less valuable, he said, no, these are the ones I came for. Jesus gave up everything for the ones we deem less valuable. And if any of you ever find yourself looking in the mirror saying, I have nothing to contribute, I am less valuable, I want you to read these words of Matthew 19 because Jesus is talking to you. Let the little ones come to me. Get out of the way. I remember when I graduated from Southern Adventist University. For my graduation, the consecration that Friday night, they asked my father to speak, and so of course I was the one to introduce him, and I got up, and I thought I gave this just incredible tribute to my father. I said that he was a great father, a great friend, and a great follower of Christ, and he stood up after me and he said, I might be a great father, but I'm still not a grandfather. Being a grandparent is quite the gig, from my understanding, because you get to spend time with them, you get to watch them grow, you get to love them, and then you get to go to bed. You get to hold them as much as you want, but then when you smell something, you get to hand them back. Behold what manner of love that the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. You see, being a parent, it it changes everything. You have these expectations, you have these plans, because when they're other people's kids, it's totally different. You get to watch and you get to think about how you're going to do it differently. I remember Brianna and I, we, we had decided we were not going to do pacifiers, We learned. We got a lot of pacifiers. But there are all kinds of things, expectations that are changed because the way we behave with other children and the way we behave with our own children is totally different. I can tell you there are things this last year that we've done for and with Emmett that I would not do for any other child. I remember one time last December we had to go to Lansing to the conference office and we had to go for the entire day and so if you're going someplace for the entire day you have to take your three-month-old with you. And so we took Emmett with us and he did fantastic the whole way there. He did fantastic the whole time we were at the conference office and that evening when we were coming home he hit a wall and he said, no more fantastic. And he started crying. And so the first thing we tried is tuning the radio to a place where there was no station and then cranking it up because that 
just buzzing sound seemed to calm him, but it did not work anymore. And so then we went to plan B, singing. I'm pretty sure Emmett is tone deaf because he enjoys my singing. But we sang his favorite song at the time, and that was Redeemed. And there we are coming down the interstate, snow is falling, trucks are whizzing by, and at the top of our lungs we're singing Redeemed. You do things for your children that you would do for no one else. I remember one night in particular where Emmett just wouldn't sleep. I don't know what was going on, but I know that all three of us, Brianna, Emmett, and myself, ended up on the floor in his room with him between us, trying to just get him to sleep on the floor next to us. I'm pretty sure that night all three of us cried. We do things for our children we would do for no one else. Just yesterday, we had to stop by Rite Aid to get something, and Brianna went in, and I was in the car with Emmett, and he doesn't like being strapped in his car seat, which makes sense. I wouldn't like it either. And we, he got to a point where he didn't want it anymore, and so there I was. I read six books to him while she was in Rite Aid, with me half in the back seat, half in the front seat. We do things for our children we would do for no one else. Behold what manner of love that we should be called children of God. God does things for his children that make no sense. He gave up his throne in heaven, all of his power to be swaddled. His voice that speaks things into creation to babble. Why? Because we are his children. When God looks down at us, there is nothing he wouldn't do because when it comes to our own children, there are no boundaries. We are his children. And dearest Heavenly Father, as we celebrate all that you gave us, as we celebrate all that you continue to give us, we pray that you will bless these tithes and offerings, that you will bless what we give back to you so that it can further your work. And every child, every little one, everyone who feels less valuable will see the value you have placed in us by calling us your children. In your name, amen.